Gets it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman. Blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson. Marcel with the open net and he scores. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy trade deadline day here at the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I know a better weekend for the Islanders than it was uh, over that four-game Western Conference road trip. The Islanders returned home this weekend and got two big wins. First Friday night, a victory over the Red Wings on the night they retired John Tonelli's jersey. Then uh, yesterday, the Islanders with a 4-1 to win over the San Jose Sharks and You know, people can complain all they want. They could sit there and say, yeah, the Islanders didn't beat any particularly good teams in these two games. But, you know what? Winning games against teams that are also Rans, that are on the, you know, well below you in the standings, is an important part of being a successful hockey team. And the Islanders did exactly what they needed to do this weekend picked up four points, kept themselves in the midst of this battle for playoff position in the Metropolitan Division and in the Eastern Conference, and they honored a member of the Dynasty Cup years as well in what was a touching and enjoyable ceremony on Friday night. We'll talk about all of that, plus trade deadline day is here. What are the Islanders going to do, if anything, We will, of course, discuss all of that later on in today's show. If there's something on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, or you could contact the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. You could follow us there, or you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we will keep you up to date on all the latest news and happenings around the Islanders organization, including what happens on trade deadline day later today. So make sure you stay with us for that. All right, let's talk about the Islanders and the Sharks. The scratches for the Islanders in this one, Derek Brassard still out with that head injury. He was in concussion protocol, is going to resume skating. The other scratches, Noah Dobson, and Ross Johnston, the goaltenders. Simeon Varlamov for the Islanders. He is clearly now the number one. Martin Jones in between the pipes for the San Jose Sharks. And the Islanders get the first goal of this game. And it was very, very good. Uh, Anders Lee, his 18th. From Matthew Barzal and Jordan Eberle, top line gets the job done. 6.49, as I said, the time of the goal. And the real play made by Barzal. And he showed excellent patience, held the puck long enough to make the pass, make the play, and gets the job done. And, And that's the kind of vision 
that you want to see from a player like Barzal gets it to Lee. Lee beats Jones, and it's one to nothing in favor of the Islanders. The Sharks had a chance to get even fairly early on, but they were not uh, able to do it. Jacob Middleton hit the left post on a hard shot, beat Varlamov, but did not go into the goal, and it was still a one-to-nothing hockey game. Then, the Sharks get even. On this next play at the 10.36 mark of the opening period, the goal was a deflection. Can't say it was necessarily Varlamov's fault. Radim Simek taking the shot. Dylan Gambrell with the deflection. Gambrell's fifth from Simek and Timo Meyer at 10.36. And just like that, the game was all even. Islanders had the first power play opportunity of the game. It came at 14.55 when Stefan Noson tripped up Josh Bailey, but the Islanders unable to get much going. And at the end of the first period, 1-1 was the score. Sharks out shooting the Islanders 10-8. But the best part about this game so far at this point for the Islanders, first of all, obviously, Varlamov playing well. And second of all, the Islanders' top line, which was dormant for most of that four-game West Coast road trip, playing a very effective first period, and that made a big difference for the New York Islanders. In the second period, that dominance continues. Anders Lee, his 19th from Barzal and Devon Tay's time of the goal, just 110, a beautiful wrist shot that beat Jones high to the short side, and that made it a 2-1 to Islanders lead, and you know, to me, that was the prettiest goal of this game. Islanders get the lead 2-1, to one, and that was a beautiful thing. By the way, with that goal, Barzal now 199 career, uh, career assists and one away from that milestone of 200. So, a uh, nice little pickup right there. Little scare for the Islanders uh, midway through that second period. Andy Green, the defenseman, in the crease for the Islanders, hit by a shot, took some, uh, looked like it hit him in or near the mouth, ends up heading to the bench for some repairs, but overall, uh, he was okay and was able to continue in the game. Islanders had a, a couple of good chances. Uh, the best one going to Kiefer Bellows, who was just recalled again uh, after Bridgeport played their games this weekend. Bellows with a wrist shot that ended up hitting the post, and it remained a 2-1 to one hockey game at that point. But the Islanders do add to the lead. Finally, late in that second period, Devontae's top-shelf shot his sixth from Brock Nelson at 17:38, and you know this was just a beautiful shot. Not much that you could do if you're Jones, the goalie. But after 40 minutes, the Islanders held a three-to-one lead, and the Sharks ahead in shots, 20 to 14. When you've got three goals in 14 shots, you're doing something right as far as the type of shots that you're taking. 
All right, we're going to take a little step aside when we come back. We'll break down the third period, a little bit more analysis about this game, and look back at the retirement ceremony of John Tonelli, this date in Islanders history, and a lot more still to come. Stay with us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so in the third period, you knew San Jose was going to come out and put a little pressure on to try to get back in this game down two goals. And thankfully, the Islanders were able to withstand the push made by the Sharks. Varlamov with the big save on a shot from the left circle by Evander Kane. That was the best opportunity. But again, Varlamov coming up big and, you know, with goaltending, sometimes it's not just how many saves you make, but when you make them. And this was one of those saves that just sort of kept the Islanders uh, in the driver's seat momentum-wise for this game. Islanders had a couple of power play chances in the third period. Mario Ferraro hooked Anders Lee at 9.28. Islanders unable to convert. Then Timo Meyer called for high-sticking Andy Green at 12.02. But again, the Islanders unable to get the job done. Uh, they had a couple of chances, but could not quite pull it off. 0 for 3 on the power play in this game. And then right after the power play, an odd man rush with Timo Meyer coming out of the box. But Varlamov, again, with a big save right there to keep it a 3-1 to hockey game. Then, uh, with about three minutes left, the uh, Sharks pull their goalie, trying to make up the two-goal deficit. And Josh Bailey nets an empty net goal from Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. The 13th of the year for Bailey. Official time of the goal, 17:41. And I got to say this, a very, very unselfish play by Anders Lee. Lee has never had a hat trick in his NHL career there's an empty net. He's coming down with Bailey, uh, you know, odd man rush. Lee could have taken that shot and completed the hat trick, but instead he passes the puck to Bales. You know Bailey has been struggling lately as far as putting the puck in the net and as far as his overall offensive game is concerned. And I'll tell you, this is why a guy like Anders Lee is wearing the captain's C. He makes the pass. He'll get his three point night with two goals and an assist, but Bailey gets on the board, gets that all-important clinching goal, and the Islanders go away winners in this one. As I mentioned, two goals, one assist for Lee, Barzal, and Brock Nelson, each with a pair of helpers. Devon Tays, a goal and an assist in this one, so the Islanders get some solid play all the way around. Uh, and able to come away with this important victory. As far as shots on goal are concerned, the Islanders' leader in this game, no surprise, Anders Lee with four, but the attack very balanced. Otto Koivula, the only Islanders forward who did not register at least one shot on goal in this game, and then among defensemen, only Andy Green and Scott Mayfield did not register one. So 15 out of the 18 Islander players get at least one shot on goal in the face-off circle. How about this? Brock Nelson took 18 face-offs in this game. 
won 16 of them, and he was really the only Islanders center who did very well in the faceoff circle. Lee took six draws, won three, but Matthew Barzal, only four out of 11. Josh Bailey, four out of 14. Koivala, two out of six. So, you know, not great overall as a team, except for Brock Nelson, who was just, again, 16 out of 18. Matt Martin, not surprisingly, leading the team in hits with four. And as far as blocked shots are concerned, Ryan Pulak leads the way with four. Ice time, again, the top line getting a lot of it. Barzal, 20 minutes, 55 seconds. Eberle, 20.05. Anders Lee, 19.27. Among defensemen, Ryan Pulak, 20.49 of ice time. Nick Letty, 20.24. And then the second pairing in this game, Taves and Green, 19.47 for Taves, 19 minutes, 37 seconds for Green. In goal, strong game here for Simeon Varlamov. 29 saves in the 30 shots he faces, and it's good enough to earn the Islanders a win. And again, you sort of look at the shot chart, and I always like to look at this. The Islanders getting a lot of chances in the slot area against the Sharks. Not anything Martin Jones could have done all that differently in the three goals that he gave up. A lot of pucks in between the circles and on down and around the slot area. And if you look at the Sharks shot chart, a lot more chances from the perimeter, from bad angles, and from the point area. And that's one of the reasons the Islanders were able to come away with this hard-fought and much-needed victory over the San Jose Sharks, and you piggyback that with a win over the Red Wings the uh, Friday night. And here's the thing, you know, the Red Wings, obviously the worst team right now in the National Hockey League, and they were just what the doctor ordered for the Islanders. First, you go out, you have a wonderful ceremony for John Tonelli, who made a, a heartwarming speech. Great to see him back on the Coliseum ice after all of this time. And, you know, he just did a, a, a very, it was a nice night for the Islanders organization. Classy, Jigs McDonald back. Always great to see Jigs at the Coliseum doing an event for the Islanders. And just, again, overall, very uh, nice night. And then the Islanders took care of business. You face a bad team like the Red Wings, you hold them the one shot on goal in the first period. Yeah, they were only leading one nothing at that point, but you knew at that moment that this was this was the Islanders game. Now, you know, holding them the one goal, uh, only scoring one goal when you're out shooting your opponent, you know, by such a large margin is again frustrating. And this team needs more goal scoring, but at the same time, a strong effort Friday night, a solid effort Sunday night uh, or Sunday early evening, and the Islanders get a very much needed four points in the standings, and I'll show you why they need those four points. The Capitals back in first place, 82 points. The Penguins, 80 points with a game in hand on Washington. Philadelphia now in third place, 77 points. The Islanders one point behind the Flyers with 76 points. The Islanders have a game in hand. 
Carolina, two points behind the Islanders. Both teams have played the same number of games. Columbus, two points behind the Islanders, but the Islanders have two games in hand on John Tortorella's Blue Jackets team. And then you hate to include them, but the Rangers are red hot right now. The Rangers are just six points behind the Islanders, uh, and they have played the same number of games as the Isles have. So standings very tight in the Metropolitan Division, and we're here at the trade deadline. It's at 3 o'clock Eastern time today. The Islanders desperately, desperately need to get some more offense and solidify this team to complete their playoff run. We will talk a little bit more about what's coming at the trade deadline, and we'll have this Dayton Islanders history. More to talk about right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, just a couple of more thoughts now. Varlamov has started for the Islanders, uh, first of all, the last five games. So let there be no doubt right now who the Islanders' number one goaltender is. And he's allowed only eight goals in those five games. So I, I think he is sort of showing that he is equal to the task as the starter for the New York Islanders. And uh, Devon Tays' goal, his sixth of the year, that is, by the way, his career high. Now, we'll talk about the trade deadline and the Islanders looking to add offense. One player they will not be adding as of right now, and I didn't necessarily think they were going to go for it, but Ilya Kovalchuk traded last night from the Montreal Canadiens to the Washington Capitals. So not only did the Islanders not get uh, Kovalchuk, but he goes to a division rival and a play a, a team that they are, you know, chasing in the standings. Washington adding to their already high-powered offense by getting Kovalchuk. And one of the keys to this deal, un- unquestionably, was that the uh, Capitals, or you know, the 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 uh, salary. By the way, the Canadians are going to keep paying some of that salary for Ilya Kovalchuk, but Kovalchuk off the board, still waiting to hear about Pajot. That might be the Islanders' most logical fit out of the players that are left, but at the end of the day, here's the thing. Lou Lamorello is probably going to be active, but what he's not going to do is force things. He is not going to overpay dramatically to add another scorer or two to the Islanders unless this is not a rental player. If it's a rental player, you get the feeling that, you know, he'll be reluctant to to give up too much. If he can find a guy who's under contract again next season, that may very well be a different story for the Islanders. But look, you got to have a certain level of trust in Lou Lamorello. He's been at this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. And he is going to do his best to bring the Islanders the scoring help that they need in order to move forward. So we'll keep an eye on it. Follow us on Twitter. We will not just tell you what happened. We'll analyze it for you as quickly as possible. And uh, if there is a major trade tomorrow, uh, we will get our podcast up early. So look tomorrow night uh, to see if we have a little early podcast coming for you 
so that uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the trade deadline. All right, this date in Islanders history, we take you back to February 24th, 2012, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Islanders and the Rangers going at it. The goaltenders, Martin Biran for the Rangers, while the Islanders have Evgeny Nabokov in between the pipes, and the Islanders jump off to a quick lead. Matt Molson, his 26th from John Tavares and Andrew McDonald, that goal coming at 6.07, and then just a minute 30, uh, 35 later, it's P.A. Parento, his 13th from Tavares and Travis Hamanick, and it's 2 to nothing Islanders. But Marty Reasoner goes off for tripping at 11.10. The Rangers get a power play, and Mark Stahl converts his second of the year from Anton Strahlman and John Mitchell. And after one period, the Islanders had a 2-1 lead. In the second period, Michael Delzato called for throwing his stick. He gets a two-minute penalty, and P.A. Parento takes advantage. His 14th second of the game from Matt Molson and Andrew McDonald at 8-11, and the Islanders led 3-1. But the Rangers come back. Marion Gabarik scores his 28th from Artem Anisimov and Stu Bickle at 11:49 to make it 3-2. And then with Casey Sezikis in the penalty box for holding, Derek Stepan, his 13th on the power play from Gabarik and Ryan Callahan at 16:40, and the game was even at 3-3, and that's the way it remained uh, until the end of both regulation and the shootout. By the way, I mentioned Sezikis taking the penalty. Uh, this was his NHL debut, so the first NHL game for one Casey Sezikis. Uh, he had 11 minutes, 33 seconds of ice time and took that one minor penalty. We went to the shootout. Franz Nielsen leading off for the Islanders who went first. He scored on Biron, but Marion Gabrick answered for the Rangers. Uh, then John Tavares was stopped by Biron. Ryan Callahan stopped by Nabokov. P.A. Parento could not solve Biron, and Brad Richards was stopped by Nabokov. In the fourth round, Matt Molson beats Martin Biron, puts the Islanders ahead, and then Nabokov closes the door by stopping John Mitchell. Final score in this one, Islanders 4, Rangers 3, before a sellout crowd of 16,250 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. P.A. Parenteau, Mark Streit, and John Tavares each had four shots to pace the Islanders. The uh, two assists for Andrew McDonald, two assists for John Tavares, a goal and an assist for Matt Molson, plus the uh, the winner in the shootout, and two goals for one P.A. Parento in this one. This date in Islanders history, Islanders 4, Rangers 3, February 24th, 2012. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to give us a five-star rating and write a little brief review on your podcatcher of choice. That always helps other Islander fans and hockey fans find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family, and it's always good to have 
new listeners. We will be back tomorrow. We'll have all the latest on the trade deadline, what the Islanders did, didn't do, what it means, how it affects this team, all that and more. So stay with us. Follow us on Twitter. We will keep you up to date on the latest. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.